Thanks for tuning in to the All Things Melanin Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, like this week's episode, and share with a friend. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hi, I'm Shelby. And I'm Erica. And welcome to the All Things Melanin Podcast, where your certified hype women are getting you through the week. Be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an update. Erica. Hey, Shelby. What's good? What's popping? What's happening? How you feeling? I'm feeling good, girl. I have been on this treat yourself um, train that I probably need to get off of, according to my credit card. But (laughs) I have really been out here treating myself. I have been really taking on this self-care situation um, because I had been so focused on the wrong things for so long. And I was just like, you know what? You ain't got to wait on nobody to do nothing. You go out here and do, you go out here and get this on your own. And that's what I'm doing. So I feel great. How about you? <laughs> well, that's good. And kudos to you because I love that. <laughs> um, Girl, <laughs> just been chilling. Um, So my home girl is getting married this year. Shout out to Jasmine. And Ooh. she is in the process of getting everything together. First and foremost, I got to shout her out because, first of all, she started a new job this year, this school year. She's getting her PhD. She's getting married. And she has an eight-month-old. So I can barely get my... First of all, I can barely get myself together. So, sis, you're killing it. But um, we went to college together and we've just stayed friends. And recently, like in the past year or so, we've reconnected and different things like that. She is having a destination wedding. So... She's been doing that dress shopping soon, um, bridal shopping soon. Your girl ain't got no man, so she called up her best friend to be her date. And you know what? I am doing the most in Jamaica. I want you to know that when these pictures drop on the gram in the fall, don't say I didn't warn you about me doing the most and being the most because I deserve. But in all honesty, <laughs> I am super, super excited. It's something about seeing someone that not that you grew up with in a sense of from a young age, but I feel like, you know, when you go to college, that's a different type of growth. You know what I mean? That's a different type of life. And you're really just trying to figure yourself out as an adult and navigate adulthood and navigate what the freak you're going to do with the rest of your life because high school didn't prepare you. That's a different story for a different day. So it's just so, honestly, it's just something so special about, first and foremost, getting to be a part of your friend's special day when you met them and y'all were just trying to figure out and navigate life. Jasmine, honestly, she's such a kind person. She's such a good person, a goofy person, and she honestly deserves all the happiness in the world. I am so happy for her, and I am so happy and honored that she asked me to be a bridesmaid. I am the most laid back bridesmaid you will ever have because you know who you don't get no problems out of? Me. I don't care what the dress look like. I don't care what color it is. As long as there is food and an open bar at the wedding, your girl is on. Okay? But honestly, I'm just really happy to be a part of her day, to celebrate her. I don't know. It's just something about seeing somebody that you love and you care for or find love. Because let me tell you something. I love love. I'm such a romantic I don't feel like a lot of people know that about me, but I am such a romantic. I don't like saying hopeless romantic, but I just like 
take the hopeless out and just put romance because I love everything about love, intention, actions, and just having that person that chooses you every single day, no matter what. It's just something magical about it that just, oh, it just makes me so happy. And I love black love too, specifically. Something about yes. specific black love that just warms my heart. And if you knew her story, and if you knew <laughs> what I knew, you would be jumping for joy that she has found happiness and she has found somebody that meets and exceeds her expectations because she deserves that. And I want that for her and I want that for all of my friends. So kudos to you, Jasmine. I'm so excited because I'm doing the most in Jamaica, just so y'all know. Congrats to her. Congrats to Jasmine. And do we got any friends? Um, <laughs> but no, nah, let's. That is the perfect. That is the perfect segue to get into dating and relationships. So let's talk about it, Shelby. Today, we're gonna talk about post breakup. What most people do. It is said that most people do one of these two things after a breakup, or both of them. They either come back or they move on so quickly. So. Let's discuss both of these points. Why is it, Shelby, that you think, number one, that they come back? I think that it's one or two things. I think that people either realize, A, that the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I think a lot of times people get bored in their relationships and they don't have open and honest conversations. They're not open to trying new things. They don't want to spice it up. Or they just get really lazy and comfortable and they think that, hey, I'm going to go over here to Susie and I'm going to get it popping and I'm going to try something new. And you find out Susie ain't all that she cracked up to be. She didn't do it like she didn't do it like such as like you used to do it. And I think that (laughs) and I think that's one reason that people always come back. And I think the second reason people come back is because they just want to see if they have access to you. Some people sometimes people don't want you, but they don't want nobody else to have you. And sometimes people don't want you, but Mm -hmm. they just want you when they want you. I think that's why people tend to come back. I think for me. I'm not going to lie. Like in high school, my first few years of undergrad, I had this whole going and coming back with my high school sweetheart. But let me tell you something. I don't know what it was. I don't know if the skies parted. I don't know if the heavens parted. I don't even remember if God came to me in a dream. But what I do know is one day, I honestly just got to this part, this point in my life. And I was like, I'm not going to go back and forth with you. I can go a lot of places, but back and forth with you is not one of them. And it's not ever going to be one of them. Because I feel like when you go back and forth with somebody, you open yourself to be hurt over and over again. And then that person is not going to take you seriously. Like, I feel like you're giving them permission to treat you like trash. And so Shelby Brenna Cummings is not going back and forth with you. Like, if I tell you I'm done, if I tell you it's a wrap, if I if we decide that we're not going to be together again, in the most respectful way, like, I don't hate you, but you don't hold, but you don't hold no weight with me no more. Like, we can't be a thing. You don't exist to me anymore. And it's not in, it's not even a, in a you suck, you're horrible, if you type of way. It's just that. For my peace, since you weren't for me, I can't attach myself to you. So I have to detach myself for you. So you don't exist. And I don't know what to tell you. You're blocked. You're muted. And you don't exist. That's just me, though. What about you? What do you, why do you think that people go back and forth? And like, have you ever been in that situation where you went back and forth with somebody? Like, do you do it now? How'd you feel? Like, give me all the tea. I definitely 
agree with some of the things you were saying, especially I think people come back because they realize obviously what they, they had. And like you were saying, Susie really wasn't about their life. And so now they're trying to come back to you. Um, and, you know, it all comes down to because they think that they could find something better. But let me tell you, if you have somebody really good, really, really good that treats you well and that is a great person to you, don't don't play them like this. Like, there's really nothing out here in these streets, y'all. It's really not. So it's not. Um, it's and literally then, like, not. Also, yeah, I hate it here. So also, I think, um, like what you said, Shelby, is that they still want to have access to you. Like, can I still get a response? Can I still come through? Can I still pull up? Like all of that. They want. It's a game to some people, but then. You know, some people make the mistake when they try to look, you know, for the greener grass, like you were saying. Um, but I would just like to say this because this is what I have to tell myself. Because, yes, Shelby, to answer your question, I have been that person that has gone, has let somebody come back. I will let you know right now, I've never dealt with nobody that didn't try to come back. So let that sink into a few people. So that says that I'm actually a good person because you're trying to come back. So, um, but I have made the mistake of going back or letting somebody come back to me. And we got to remember that it is most likely the reason why you left or they left, that reason has not been resolved and that person or has not changed. So most likely the situation is going to be the same and it's just going to be heightened. And then that's when people get into these, oh, I've been on and off with him for 20 years. Like that's how you get into those types of situations. And it's very hard. I'm not trying to say, sit up here and act like it's not because when your feelings are involved, you're emotionally connected to this person. It could be very hard to let that person go they can come back to you like woe is me singing in the rain singing boys to men and in your in your garage it's hard to say no so <laughs> I'm not trying to talk like it's easy but I will like to say for anybody who has dealt with somebody that made them feel like they could just leave you and go to, to find somebody else and then you'll be there whenever they decide to come back that's going to be a no because you have to think about everything that is valuable, that how how valuable you are and everything that you have to offer is valuable. So I just want to make that point. And then um, for point number two, Shelby, why do you feel like that when post breakup, why do you feel like people or it seems like people move on so quickly? I think that, I don't know, this is just, I think a lot of people try to move on super quickly so they don't have to deal with like their emotions or their past relationships or different things like that. I don't think a lot of people actually like to sit in their emotions or, you know, think on or, you know, obviously, you know, people don't like to feel bad or negative or have their heart broken because your girl's had a heart broken. It is not what it is. Um, so I think a lot of people move on so quickly because... They honestly just don't want to, you know, they don't want to deal with the breakup and how they feel. But I think it's really, really important that when you break up with somebody for you to actually heal from it. Because if you don't heal from your breakup, then you're going to take that trauma. You're going to take that brokenness. You're going to take all of those emotions and things that belong to that previous person to your new person and I think that the new person will resent you and I think that they'll catch on and I don't think it's going to work out I think it's really important to be done done with somebody I'm talking about no dipping and slipping and diving and slipping and sliding back no like be done done with that person but also 
feel your emotions. Like if you got to cry, cry. If you got to punch some pillows, punch some pillows. If you got to run, cry, scream, do whatever you got to do. But make sure that whenever you get through hollering, yelling, and crying that you've dealt with it and that you feel like you can move on. I think another reason people move on so quickly is because they always had somebody in the in the, in the the cut. <laughs> so mm-hmm. if you already got somebody in the cut, then, you know, we going to move on really quickly. I think a lot of people also move on quickly to kind of add to that is because they've had different dips and they haven't been faithful. Um, and then some people are just trash. I don't know if that properly answers <laughs> the question, but they're just <laughs> trash and they're not good human beings. <laughs> and I know I'm laughing, but I'm serious. I don't think that a lot of, I think a lot of people honestly just like to be with somebody. I don't think a lot of people like to be alone. I don't think a lot of people like to be single. I think that some people always have somebody or they always have somebody on the back burner. And I think that that's all some people know is to move on and to have somebody. Um, I think people that can honestly deal with breakups, get through them, overcome them and you know, come out healthier. I think that those are the best type of people. And I think that those people have the healthiest relationships. Like when I date somebody, one of the questions that I ask them is, when was your last relationship? Who was the last person that you dated? Are you over it? Because I need you to be done, 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 like done times three times a thousand. I don't need any, I don't need any remnants of Sarah in this relationship because we (laughs) don't have a problem. What do you think, Brent? Right. Yeah, you got to ask them questions like, uh, do you have a girlfriend, a wife, or anybody that thinks that there are any of these people in your life? Like, you right. got to ask those types of questions. <laughs> you do. Um, but what I think, I think people move on so quickly for, of course, for the reasons that you said as well, Shelby. But when I think of, like, somebody moving on so fast, it's like a rebound to me. Like, you just using this person like a new shiny toy. Like, you just want to play with them. So, like you said, they could just distract themselves from dealing with the feelings of missing you. Um, and Or, like you said, the person has always been there. Like, that's why I don't be trusting. Oh, this is just my homegirl. Oh, this is just my my homie from way back. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> that could be the situation, too. And I remember my ex moved on from from me so fast with somebody that wasn't even his type. And it just, it really made me mad. But I was just like, this person isn't even your type, dog. What are you doing? Like, you just trying so hard to prove that you moved on so quickly. Um, But I remember that one time me and this other guy that I was dealing with, we, we fell off, but actually on bad terms. And then like a few weeks later, he was all on social media, flewed out with some chick, right? And I got mad as hell, of course, because like you were saying, Shelby, when people break up, you have to heal all the way. And if you don't heal, you still going to have that open wound and you're going to do nothing but like bleed on that other person that you get with. So for me, it's very hard when you break up with someone and you have nobody to like be the rebound or be that you ain't got nobody in the cut to like distract you. You sitting there, you have to deal with your own emotions. That is very hard to do. So I was pissed that I'm over here crying and, and dealing with it and he out here being flued out. So I, um, I felt like that he definitely knew that I was going to see that. So for me and my, um, sanity, I had to remove him from all social media. Um, and my point of saying this is because I feel like a lot of people are so quick to like move on or post it on social media that they out here with a new person for clout. They want it. They, it's all a front. And I felt like, 
you know, he definitely knew that I was going to see that, of course. But it reminded me of also one of my girlfriends. She had been with somebody for so long and all like barely two weeks later, she um, is all on social media with some new dude. And I'm like, girl, who is this? Who is this? <laughs> and I, she, I said, honestly, girl, you trying to make it seem like you trying to make your old dude jealous. And she admitted to me that that's what it was. And so I just feel like if you ever get the chance to like get back at your ex or the ex dude you was talking to that and you take that chance to do that, that means you ain't over what happened. You're not over your right. ex. So I'm right. saying all of this today is that some people, they they do all of this to appear that they've moved on from you so quickly, but they actually really have not. So I think like Shelby said, it's very important to make sure that you heal and don't bring everybody into your baggage. Like don't bring Jim and Joe over because you crying over, Ch- over Terry. Like don't do that. <laughs> heal on your own. Um, so yeah, that's what I would have to say about that. I agree, friend. Yeah, anything I else? Friend? No, I don't, I don't, I don't th- okay, the one thing that I will add is like post breakup and different things like that, it's normal, you know, to feel all the emotions and different things like that that you feel. But I just feel like, you know, just do what's best for you. And kind of like what you said, like, I feel like post breakup, you got to block that other person out. So if you got to mute them, mute them. If you got to delete them, delete them. If you got to block them, block them. It ain't nothing personal. It's just, you got to yeah. do what you, it's like you have to do what's best for you and that's going to bring you the most peace contentment and happiness and that's going to allow you to kind of get back to your life because I feel like sometimes we check in on people and what we don't realize and I'm talking to myself I want y'all to know when we check in on them we're like hurting ourselves in the process like I noticed that the person I used to date I was checking in on him seeing what he was doing seeing who was like his pictures seeing what he was doing on his stories seeing who was in his comments and I said Shelby that's not your dude no more what is you doing so I had to remove mm-hmm. myself from the situation so that I can overcome it so also just make sure that you're not putting yourselves in situations that's not allowing you to get over it you know like don't keep going back and knocking yeah. on the door hoping that he you know is gonna act right because let me tell you something if he wanted to he would if he was going right. to act right, he would. If he wants to come back, he would. And then sometimes even when they come back, like you got to be careful. I'm not going to say that he hasn't changed, but you really got to evaluate and ask that man questions to see if he's trying to play you or if he's really trying to change and be with you. Because men will try to play you and, out and try to play you for boo-boo the fool. They will. Trust me, they will. Yeah. And that ain't cute. And I've never been the one, the two, the three, the four. Um, that's on Clifford the Big Red Dog. That's on Mary Had a Little Lamb. That's on Jesus Sandals. Um, and that's on everything that I love. Y'all, she said, (laughs) she said on Jesus. (laughs) I can't even. You know what? We gonna move on. I can't. (laughs) I can't say nothing inspirational after that. Um, Jesus Sandals closed it. So, (laughs) uh, let's keep it moving to our next segment. (laughs) which is the journey. So this is when Shelby and I will discuss um, how our journey is going with building our brand, All Things Melanin. So today, let's talk about creating content. So Shelby, how do we continuously come up with content to write, content to pitch for or for our blogs or just talk about on our podcast? So let's give some tips. So what are some tips uh, we can offer about creating relevant content consistently? Um, I think for one, like one thing that I have to do, 
um, when creating content is I have to clear my mind. So like if I'm feeling stressed or overwhelmed or down or all those different things, I have to do something to decompress if that makes sense. Because if I am stressed and I have like X, Y, and Z on my mind, I can't come up with content. So I think it's really, really important to do some type of self-care and to do something something that's going to distress you. Some things that distress me, taking a nap. <laughs> taking a nap, taking a yeah. shower, going for a walk. I'm not going to say I'm going to work out, but you can work out. Or watching something that doesn't require a lot of brain cells, coloring, doing word puzzles, talking, laughing, just doing something that, you know, brings me a sense of ease and that allows me to offload the world. So once I kind of decompress and different things like that, I try to consume different types of media on a regular basis and and not even necessarily things that I'm familiar with. So what that means is, you know, watching different, like even when I'm watching like TV shows and movies, like I'll get ideas for topics and different things to like people talk about um, having converse in the conversations that I have with people. Um, reading brings me ideas, um, but also listening to different types of podcasts. Um, those are really up. And then listening to things that, that may not, that I may not be as knowledgeable on or may not know as much of. Um, and really just maybe also just keeping up with what's trending and what's new. I think when you're trying to come up with ideas and different things like that, I think that sometimes we get stuck on having the perfect idea instead of just writing all of ideas down. Like when I'm creating, like one thing I am so happy that Erica and I do is that when we share ideas, nothing is a bad idea, even if it's a bad idea. <laughs> Nothing, because yeah. I think that that allows us, A, to take the judgment out, and B, it allows us to, you know, just be ourselves and get our creative juices flowing. And I think that when you, even if you share ideas and they're not the best idea, it's going to lead to the idea, if that makes sense. What do you think? Yeah, I think those are great um, tips. And I think for us, especially, you have to think about where, what inspires you? Like, where do you pull your inspiration from? Because I know for us, we pull our inspiration from number one, which is the biggest thing is our real life experiences. Like, what's it like being single black females? What's it like being young black professionals? What's it like being young black creatives? What's it like, you know, so we have so many of these things to relate to and talk about, and it goes with our audience. So I'm, I think that that just makes for great storytelling whenever you're writing your content or your blog or your content for your podcast or whatever it is, is pull your inspiration from real life experiences or people around you and, and those experiences. I mean, I'm up here and I'll be saying, you know, one of my friends, you know, I'm not trying to air out their business, but, you know, it's real life experiences that are happening around uh, around me and it makes for good um, content to talk about. So. Also, I would say um, for your audience, just like what we always say is like read the room. So like research your followers, like maybe just go through a couple of your followers and see what they're posting about, what they're re retweeting or do a poll, um, poll your audience. So that way you'll know, you know, come up with a question or something to get responses. That's also another like way to um, come up with something relevant. And like what you said, Shelby, about. Um, just look at what's trending or what current news and events are happening. And you can and don't shy away from anything that you want to talk about, but maybe you don't feel like it goes with your brand topic or something. But you, there's always a creative way you could possibly spin it. 
in a in, that's relevant to your subject matter or just spinning it that tailors to your brand or related to your brand in some way. So that's those would be my tips. I agree. I don't have anything else to add. <laughs> okay. So let's keep it moving on to our mentor moment. This is when Shelby and I, we will give our advice on a listener letter that was submitted to us. So the letter reads, hi, Erica and Shelby. I've been working in education for the past 10 years, but I'm now looking to change my career path. I can't lie. It terrifies me and my family is supportive for the most part. Some of them think I should stay in education because it's what I've always done and I'm good at it. But I have to admit, it doesn't spark any passion for me. I want to move towards real estate, but have no idea where to start. I'm hesitant to start from the bottom again in a new territory. So what are your thoughts on where to start and any advice on how to go about changing career paths? Well, first and foremost, like kudos to you for, I think the first step in like wanting to do something different or wanting to change career paths is to say it out loud. Cause I feel like sometimes that's even hard to do. You know what I mean? Um, before mm-hmm. I give my advice, the second thing that I would want to say is sometimes I think that a lot of our family members and friends and people that we know that are older, they were raised to work the same job, get the same benefits, do they for 30 to 40 years, retire, and that's it, right? But we live in a different time and age where we're not doing that anymore, and that's okay. I don't think there's any time limit on changing careers. I don't think that there's anything wrong with starting from ground zero or wanting to do something different because I would rather start over and start from scratch than to be miserable in a job that I don't want to do. That is not good. I've been there. That's the first thing. The second thing is I think that the fact that you are an educator and that you have been in education is going to be one of the major keys to you being successful in real estate. Because you're an educator, you teach, you learn, you help other people. And in real estate, you are going to need to learn and be taught, you know, how to do things and different things like that. I think the first step is definitely going to be, you know, one of the things that you're going to do is, I would say, try to find somebody that has a mentor, somebody that is very knowledgeable in your field that can help you, that can guide you, that can give you tips and different things like that. I think that's going to be important. The second thing is I think that it's going to be important to have resources, whether that's taking a webinar, reading an ebook, reading, you know, a book, getting on YouTube and researching and, you know, seeing what are the steps to getting your real estate license, seeing what are the steps to being successful in real estate and really, really kind of getting to know your market. And then I think that once you consume as much information as you can, I think that you just have to start putting yourself out there to be a real estate agent and learning as you go. Um, But that's what I would say. But also kudos, like I said, kudos to you for admitting that you want to change and actually having the guts to do it. I think, I think that that's amazing. And I think that that shows that, you know, that you're going to be successful and that you can do anything that you set your mind to. What do you think, friend? Yeah, I definitely am all for, you know, doing something or finding something that sparks your passion where it doesn't necessarily feel like a burden of a job, you know? Um, So that's a blessing in itself. And you never want to look back and like ask yourself like, well, what if I would have went for it? Um, and, And I agree with people who are 
you know, considering taking the risk to not stay in a place of stagnancy just because your family or your friends around you have told you, you are so good at educating. Like, why don't you just stay and do this? Um, just because you're good at it doesn't mean that's what you're called to do. Oh. Um, they don't have, you know, they don't have to wake up every day with the thought of, well, there's something better out there for me. So I can definitely relate to this because I always, I feel like if you just know that there's something better out there, then there is something better out there. You don't want to be like the majority of us that get stuck in the mundane everyday life um, that they're just told to live from birth, you know? Um, So just girl, break free, do what you want to do. But before you make that move, I would suggest that you do in-depth research of the industry. Um, there's, I'm sure there's tons of free resources out there, virtual seminars or masterclasses or something like that, that can kind of give you some tools and tips. Um, and I would say just narrow it down as far as like what role, because, you know, real estate is such a like robust industry. There's so many different roles that that you could, um, be in. So research in depth what that role is, because that's going to be beneficial for you to understand what it's going to take or require. Like, would you have to go back to school? What certifications would you need? How much time is that going to take? Um, how much is it going to cost? And it could be very, very, very intimidating, but you need to have all of this information to make a concrete plan on how you're going to make this actual career change. And I would like to speak on time. Like, let's say it's going to take you X amount of time. Don't be discouraged by, this is for anybody, don't be discouraged about the amount of time something is going to take for you to do because that time is going to pass anyway. You could be like, oh, dang, well, that's going to take me three years. Well, three years going to pass by anyway. So you might as well do it, right? So right. Um, that would be that would be my advice on that. And then, of course, the biggest thing with real estate is probably going to be networking. So um, I do agree with what Shelby said about getting a mentor. Maybe they can connect you with some people, LinkedIn, Facebook groups, all of that could really just be helpful to connect with people that are already in the industry and can help you point point you into the right direction. So I would say go for it. Do your thing, girl. Sell the million dollar homes or whatever you're trying to do. I would say go for it. So if any of you guys out there have a question that you want us to answer, send us an email at allthingsmelanintv at gmail.com or slide in our DMs at allthingsmelanin underscore underscore. So we're going to leave you today with words of encouragement coming from Psalms 126, 5. And it says, those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. So this is one of my favorite Psalms because it is so short, so simple, but so powerful. And if you're anything like me, you don't like to cry. You don't like to show your emotions on your sleeve. You just hold it all in, which is very unhealthy. <laughs> so um, I had went gone through this period of time where I would hold everything in. I would not let nobody see me cry. And then it just comes all the way out. And it just, and I can't, and I start crying uncontrollably. But the reason I'm sharing that is because it is it cleanses your soul. You feel so much better once you release that. It's almost like you're detoxing. When you're detoxing your body from, you know, bad foods or alcohol or something like that, it's the same type of effect. It really cleanses your soul. And then you just feel so much lighter, like the burden is lifted sometimes. Sometimes you just keep crying and keep crying and keep crying, which is okay, but you have to give yourself that grace to let that out. But I love this verse because it says that you will reap joy. So whenever you're sowing, I always always think of an actual when you're sowing or um, planting a seed, it needs rain. It needs water. So think of that. Like it, 
like that's how I think of it. And that's um, just, it calms me whenever I, I read that. So what does it mean to you, friend? Yeah, so I'm going to keep it 100. Your girl did a lot of crying last year, okay? A lot. Like, a lot, a lot. <laughs> and when I read this, and I think that sometimes, like, crying gets a bad connotation. But I think, obviously, if you have to cry, then that means that, like, you need to release something. That you need to let something go. And I think that it's a strong display of emotion. And I think that sometimes we need to sit in that emotion and we need to allow ourselves to cry and to let it go. Because I don't know, for me, like, when I cry... Usually that means I'm going to get over it and I'm going to move past it and I'm going to be a bad chick. Okay. But when I read this verse, like it just reminds me for every tear that I cry that rolls down my face, that comes from my body, that, that I experience, that I'm that much closer to what God has for me. And when I think about my season of crying that I went through, it just reminds me of a lot of the things that I had to release, a lot of the things that I had to let go of, a lot of the things that I had to overcome. And I just remember sitting there when I was crying and I had, you know, tears running down my face and different things like that, just being like, God, when is it going to be okay? When am I going to stop crying? When is joy going to come? And to my dismay, the clouds did not part and I did not hear his voice. <laughs> but <laughs> what I will say is that when I got to a point and I was all cried out or where I got to a point in my tears, I felt like God reminded me that I know you're crying. I know you're sad. I know you're not where you want to be, but joy is coming. Trouble doesn't last always. And so I want to remind anybody that's listening, if you're in a season in your life where things are going your way, where you're crying, where you're dead, where you're down, when you're full of emotion and you don't really know what to do with yourself. I want you to know that it's normal for us to have these seasons. It's life. But know that trouble doesn't last always. Please keep the faith. First and foremost, know that God did not make a mistake when he made you. Also know that he has you right where he wants you. And sometimes we go through these sad seasons, these crying seasons, so that God can wash away a lot of the stuff that don't serve us anymore. So that we can let go of the things that don't serve us anymore. So that we can confront and admit things that we need to let go of. But one thing that I've learned is that when you cry and you let it go and you give it to God, joy is going to come in the morning. Better is going to come. And he is going to replace everything that you lost in your crying season. Because a lot of things that we have in our current season, a lot of the things that we idolize, a lot of the things that we hold on to, we think that we need. But sometimes God forces us to let go of those things and God forces us to cry to show us that we don't need anything but him in this season to bring joy. So that's what I would say. Well, let me pray us on out on that one. Um, so bow your heads and close your eyes. And if you drive driving, please sway with it. So dear God, we come to you in the name of Jesus. And we just want to thank you for this day that you've blessed us with. We thank you that we can rely on you to lift the heavy burdens that bring us sadness, that bring us sorrow or any stress. We know that you care for us and that all we need to do is hand it over to you and you will fight this battle for us. Your word says those who sow tears will reap songs of joy. And we know that Joy comes from you, God, and that no matter what circumstances we face today or in the future, we have faith that you have us covered in all areas of our lives. May you continue to cover us with your joy and your peace that passes all understanding. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.